Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is May 21st, 2018. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both at McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 92. We'll be able to find the link of what we're talking about as well as check out our sponsors, which is also us, but LibertyMugs.com. So go out, go check it out. Buy some mugs. We've got some uh, a lot of Brainlet Wojak-themed mugs there. So we spread, get some good Liberty messages, but also usually try to make them kind of funny. So check it out, share it, and uh, use the hashtag Liberty Mugshots when you take a picture of it and post it on social media so we can, we can see it and share it with everybody else. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our episode topic. Thanks, Rallo. Welcome, everyone, to the Rallo and Slappy Show. Today's episode, we're going to take on Jordan Peterson again, or maybe. We're at least going to discuss one of the things, uh, one of his videos that he has out. We talked about him in a previous episode where um, he was clearly clueless on uh, the ideas of anarcho-capitalism, for sure. Um, but he's not a political philosopher, so I guess that's... Uh, that's fine. But we thought we needed to address it. And this is another one that Rallo sent me a link to this earlier in the week. Um, it's titled 12 Principles for a 21st Century Conservatism. And I uh, wanted to talk about it. So, Rallo, your initial thoughts or your thoughts. Let's uh, let's talk through this. I have some uh, things to say as well. He's a racist misogynist. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you we'll next catch week. You next week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. He he came in the news recently because there was a was it the New York Times had an article. Uh, yes, him, they did about they did. the patriarchy yeah. or something. Yeah, and, that's why. Okay, I was wondering why why this came up. I yeah, there I've, was something about that. When I came across this tweet of these twelve principles of him, I thought it was like very recent until I was trying to find the tweet again. And he tweeted it out on, I think, April 24th. So I think this talk was from a while ago that he gave. And we'll have this. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the, the talk on you, it was linked on YouTube and it says uh, 6 15, 2017. So last summer. Oh, was, oh. So it's that old. Okay. Yeah, it's old news, dude. <sighs> should probably talk about something else then. Although this something is. Something more current. Yeah, no. 622. Yeah. <sighs> no, but it's, uh, it's, it's. Good to know the co host preps. Yeah, well, I actually did. Watch the, watch it. Yeah, so did I. I didn't, uh, when I sent it to you, I didn't realize that the link, that he linked to an entire speech. I just thought he had put up 12 principles of conservatism. <laughs> so you must have been confused. And I was like, did you listen? Yeah. Like, yeah listen to what? Uh, I don't know the link you sent me. But, uh, you know, he's, yeah, he catches, obviously, the guy catches, and we said this in the last episode, the guy catches so much flack from the left, and it's stupid what they criticize him for. I mean, you listen to him talk, he's, He's like anybody else of that kind of social conservative outlook that he's he's not a sexist. He's not a racist. He's the complete opposite of those things. Um, And some people might be saying – and I think he's – overall, he's a very good person for the world. He pushes back against the you know clearly just vicious and nasty agenda of a lot of the radical left. And that's good and that's important. And so a lot of people might be saying, oh, why are you 
taking time to criticize him. And this episode isn't going to be all criticism of him. We're going to go through the points and say where we agree and disagree. But I think it's important because, I mean, our audience is not just – our audience is fairly libertarian, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that when someone does come out – because the left is normally seen as the huge enemy of, of us. And we got to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of just reactionaryism. And not saying that Jordan Peterson is is your normal reactionary, or that he is a reactionary. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know that I would say he's, he's not. I mean, he's he's got a long history of talking and stuff. He's only gotten popular in the last couple of years, right? He's not, but um, in in more of a casual definition of the reactionaryism, that it's just anything anti left or anyone who pushes back against the left is like yeah, let's and, follow and, everything because he's well, like the New York Times did. You can take any of his quotes. I mean, you could go through here and, and pick out quotes out of context and try to make him look bad, mm-hmm. um, and or or try to use his quotes to further your reactionaryism or whatever. Right. You know, with without listening to everything what he, uh, of what he's saying and getting the full context of the quote. Yeah. So I think it's important that while we, you know praise him for anything good that he says to also if he's wrong he's wrong you know he's a he's a psychologist he's not a political philosopher so right and I even think if you were a political to remember po- when you listen to him right and if, I, I, yeah go ahead. even if you were a political philosopher it's just, you can obviously disagree with with him but it's different i mean he's not in his wheelhouse when he's talking about this as much so he's i think he's more open for error to put Certainly. it bluntly so uh, I recommend uh, going through and and I know before I watched because I read I read a couple I didn't even read that whole article that got put out recently that everyone was flipping out about I read a couple lines of it which in, in this this talk clears it up a little a little bit from what I read maybe and even just reading his twelve points there's some things we're reading like eh. when he talks about it obviously you, you know you can spend more time than just one line he can right, explain you put what some he context means. To it. It makes it a little better. Sometimes it makes it a little bit worse. So uh, I guess without any further ado, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. I don't have the list, though, in front of me. I just have the YouTube video. So um, I have the list. Wait, maybe it says it down here. Okay. Yep. I, I, never mind. I see. I take that back. Um, so do you want to go through each point? Yeah, there's some that we can combine because I think in the video he doesn't explicitly talk about a few of them or he kind of combines some in one in uh, one uh, yeah. talking point. All right. Well, the first one: the fundamental assumptions of Western civilization are valid. Sure. Um, I, that's tough because it depends on really what you mean. And I think when he actually explains it, he kind of is correct and incorrect at the same time. I think a lot of Western ideas are good. I mean, if if you want to say that you know, property rights or whatever. And I don't even know that that's true, but, but the whole, uh, the last couple centuries, a lot of good things came out of the West. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but he kind of puts it in a weird framing where he says, well, everyone wants to come here. So therefore that's proof that the West is, is I don't know we're going to say superior, but there's something very good going about the West, and that's true. 
a lot of people have emigrated to the West over time, but he's ignoring a big piece of why people are moving here, and that is yeah. because the West is bombing them. Right. And so they've got no home anymore. So it's kind of – you can't ignore that aspect Yeah, now of I it. will say something um... – which I totally agree. I don't think we'd have these like refugee problems, in, you know, quotes, well, whatever. There's some problems with the refugees. I don't think we'd have them if we weren't destroying Iraq and Syria and the whole Middle East. Um, but I do find it interesting that, I mean, let's say like Canada or name a pick a country started attacking the United States. I find it interesting that people want to leave here and go to the place that's bombing them. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of think that does say something positive for Western civilization. The people. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the people. That's what I mean. The culture, the people. Right. Uh, oh, absolutely. Willing to move to the place where the, the government is bombing them. Um, it says something. I think there's something there that's, that would, Mm-hmm. be good at least to the people who decide to come here right. now i don't know the refugee situation do they go to camps and then they're shipped out like against their will and placed in the west i i don't know i don't think that's don't the think, case yeah, but I don't it could be happens. i don't i don't know but the problem is i agree with what you just said absolutely but the problem is that peterson also is saying that the the governments of the west yeah, are part no. of that. He and puts there's that clearly, as part of it. Right. Sure. And that's and one that's, of my bigger issues is that he kind of, I'll call it naively, thinks about the state. Well, yeah. And that's something I was thinking as I was listening to this. Because, one, he's talking to conservatives and he says, like, how conservatism can uh, – what am I trying to say? Like, he's talking to conservatives and saying how you can be conservative and do it. Well, I don't think abolishing the state is conservatives is conservative. Right. Would you say it is? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think it would be. So, and I, although we talked about this in the past, he's clearly has no clue. He's never looked into it or thought about not having a state. And I guess, as as like Michael Humer would say, we have the burden of proof there. It's okay to accept it because it's always been around. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah, but you're jumping, John. Right, it's because he talks about this point. When? Uh, Maybe I missed it. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. forget it. All right, we'll just move on then. No, I, I, I just. I mean, generally, I like Western civilization. Right. 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 I mean, that's kind of what I want to say. So I don't want to like. I just want to trash it too bad. Of course, anyone who's listened to this knows what we think about Western governments. Right. It's the some of the products aren't all that great and it's important to separate just the, the culture itself and some of the products like the state right or just to say and sure. I, I don't know and and peterson's clearly not saying that every product of the west is good right but one of the things he is saying is good the state clearly isn't i would agree and so because one of the ironic things is that he said like is the kind of ridiculous vitriolic left part of the west and is it a product of the west i would say yes right and so they're like the people really are are making these laws they're in the state they're the ones in control of the power 
the product of the West or the ones that are trying to destroy him. It's kind of, I'd like, I guess I just like well, to they, hear him flesh that out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Do they make a distinction? Because just because it happens in the West, does that make it Western civilization or does Western civilization specifically mean like Judeo Christian values? Um, I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know if that's the case because if it's anything that happens in the West, well, yeah. But yeah. if it's a fight back against. Um, I, I don't know where that like the the left of today would come from though if not from the west certain yeah, certainly uh, not i agree i'm just trying to uh i don't know maybe give him some benefit of the doubt because i agree with what you're saying they right. grew up in the united states they go to united states schools it's all out of it came out of western culture somehow right mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's not like it was in, it's not like the asians came and like dropped some culture on us and now we have this eastern culture i don't know right and i think i think the the bigger point that i would like to ask him is like i know he says 21st century conservatism mm-hmm. but what is like the west didn't develop in the 21st century it developed a long time before that so like the west has had its problem like europe had major issues like so because he brought up he, when he said that people are moving to the West. Well, what about a country like Italy in the beginning of the 20th century? There was sure. massive migration out of Italy. That certainly had Judeo-Christian um, yep. influences. I mean, Vatican City is within yeah. the country. Fascism, uh, which, you know, Jordan Peterson would not be a fascist, right? Right. Uh, that's I, I don't know how you could argue that didn't come out of the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Italy and Germany, right? Yep. Um, and so. the U.S. And the U.S. And For a long time. Yeah. So, okay. I don't want to... I think we, we can do, move on. We don't need to hash on you. Yeah. Um, number two, peaceful social being is preferable to isolation and to war. In consequence, it justly and rightly demands some sacrifice of individual impulse and idiosyncrasy. So as long as you're not talking about making those sacrifices in the name of the state, then I'm... Or the greater good or whatever. Right. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, when he fleshed it out when he was talking about it, he was saying that, like, you can't just, like, punch people in the face because yeah, that's how I, you feel. Like, you, you yeah, have you to pull have to back able, that kind of right. thing. And, and that's another thing when what I was trying to get to in, in the beginning when he's not a political philosopher, he's like a self-help guy. He's a clinical psych- psychologist. Right. So if he's talking to an individual and he's like, yeah, I know you want to do these things. I know you get angry and you want to punch the guy. But in order to like fit into society, you got to repress those impulses. I, I think that's kind of a, important to realize that he's talking, I think, or maybe he's or maybe he's taking these theories and applying them to governance. But I think he's more talking about on a personal level. If you want to fit in and get ahead in society, you got to kind of be what he said, normal. And he did even say being normal isn't the highest virtue. It might not even be a high virtue, I think he says. Mm -hmm. But you have to in order to get along. So if your goal is to be the CEO of a company, yeah, you should probably kind of blend in a little bit. Of course, work hard and be smart. It were other two other things he talked about. Right. And when he talked about isolation, he said, like, you could live in a bush, but you'll starve to death. 
Mm-hmm. So if he meant like literal isolation from not seeing people or working or getting food or getting along or having any voluntary interactions or interactions, period. Yeah, I would say isolation would be a problem. Like if if all you do is sit in the basement and never talk to anyone, that can't be good for personal development. Yeah. Oh, I agree with me. The only thing that's confusing and not about what he's saying here. It's just in the beginning of his talk, he said, like, I'm not saying this to be political. Yes, I know. I'm saying this because he was trying to to explain how to live the good life. Yeah. It's like, we have to do, we can't just not do stuff. Right. You have to do things. And that's where it's like the, you know, as, as a thin libertarian, I think that's just the the very basic of how you, it explains the ways you shouldn't behave how to live a good life, what you should do to be a good person on top of that, you need something else. But the problem is for Peterson here is that he's jumping between political ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. Not unpolitical ideas randomly all the time. And so it, it creates, it confuses it. Yeah. It confuses the whole thing. Sorry. My, uh, computer just fell asleep. So I can't see my notes, oh. but we can go on to the next one. Oh, there we're, we're back. All right. Number three, hierarchies of competence are desirable and should be promoted. Yeah, I had absolutely no problem with anything he said here. He was just saying yeah. that like talking about, uh, you know, if, if you deserve something, there should be no reason why you should be looked down upon for getting it. And that, uh, different people have different skills and you know you are better at football than me so you should make the football team and i shouldn't it's really simple i don't think we're gonna yeah i mean we're talking like essentially divisional labor like you know just because you're not paid as much as someone doesn't mean you're not a value to society right and i would argue that the division of labor is what creates the productive society and yeah, respect absolutely. for property rights. Once you have the respect for property rights, once you start dividing labor well, that is where the wealth comes from, which I think from what Peterson was saying throughout this, I don't know that um, – well, he says something different. I don't think he disagrees with the division of labor, but he clearly doesn't based on what he was saying, but um, he puts other things ahead of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, I think, uh, I mean, basically what he talked about was if there's a market, I don't know if he said these words exactly, but the best will probably rise to the top Mm -hmm. and we should want that. We want geniuses to have lots of money so they can create stuff that we can all use. Yep. You did say that. Um, so, uh, and he says that happens in, I I think he said that happens in our society or something. He didn't necessarily say in a free market, but, Mm -hmm. um, but he says that should be desirable, and I don't disagree with him there. Sure. Um, all right, we want to move on to number four? Because this was the one yeah, I think the I had the biggest problem with, um, but not entirely. He wasn't as when, – when he first started, he he didn't finish as bad as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. But I'll, I'll read it. Borders are reasonable. Likewise, limits on immigration are reason, reasonable. Furthermore – It should not be assumed that citizens of societies that have not evolved functional individual rights predicated polities will hold values in keeping with such 
polities. Am I saying that word right? Polities. I guess. Um, so what he was saying there was first, I, I really, this just bothers me when people do this, when they talk about borders and we all know what everyone means when they talk about borders and he starts talking about property rights and your property and borders around your laptop and a door to your house and walls to your rooms. And, um, he, he conflates property borders with state borders. Yeah. Explicitly. Yeah, he, and it's it's pretty bad, but I think it's a way. Maybe it's a tactic because there's no way, like we said, they can't really believe that's what people mean by no borders. So it's kind of a way to you're talking to conservatives, and we'll do something obvious that you'll all agree. I mean, you're talking to conservatives; they generally like the state borders anyway, right? But he kind of like makes almost a joke out of it by talking about there's no borders around my laptop, so you can just take it because you want it because there's no borders, like. That's absurd. Well, the frustrating thing, or the ironic thing is, is that he's he's talking about um, we have borders so that your laptop doesn't get stolen. Right. Well, the political borders are there so that they can say who they can steal from a lot. Like, we're not talking about little tiny theft. I would much rather someone stole my laptop. Than the amount of income they take every year? Yeah. Yeah, I could could buy my laptop many times over. Right. What's interesting about your borders is um, the people who steal from me don't steal from people on the other side of the border. Yeah. Um, at least not directly. Yeah. So he does uh, He does come and, and you know, he makes it explicit that, you know, he's not against all immigration. And he says that a he lot does. of a lot of uh, entrepreneurs come from India was specifically, right. mm-hmm. I think. And he talked about them earning money and sending it back. And that's a good thing. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what that's a point that a lot of libertarians miss. Yeah. With the um, even people who are OK with, uh, and you know, the government not controlling the borders is that 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 remittance matters a lot. And it really I mean, they really can send a lot of money back and it really uh, makes it less necessary, uh, quote unquote, less necessary in the government's eyes to send aid to those countries. Right. So you, you can um, actually save – the government will spend less maybe if they actually actually let more people in. So, yeah, he's not – Yeah, so I mean he, of course there's – I mean anyone who's been on our website or has listened to us knows our thoughts on government-controlled immigration. Um, his points weren't as terrible as I thought they were going to be and he did say some things that you don't generally hear from the borders, border people. Sure. Them sending money back, so – He's a yeah, he's a reasonable guy. Right. But I think he's just again, I think he's just naive, like he said a few times. And and about other issues. He said, Well, that's where we leave it up to political dialogue. Yeah. And it's like, right. yeah, but that's how we got to where we are right now. Right. Exactly. And that's a uh, I'll kind of wrap wrap that po- uh, uh, a bell around that point a little bit later on so we get through everything, but uh I think it's kind of telling about some things. Um he also says towards the end of it, if a company makes you go through, if your employer makes you go through diversity training, you have to stand up and say, I will not do that and, um, you know, make a big deal about it. And it, so we had a diversity training where I work and it was actually like pretty good. They brought in the panel from people in various businesses talking about, dealing with a diverse workplace and 
um, from major companies, like big, big time companies. And the message they were bringing was just like, just basically use good basic management practices. And that's what you need. And also someone raised their hand and asked about the um, gender income inequality. And one of the panelists who was a woman shot right back and said, like, don't believe the media. There's no gender income inequality, like they're saying. They're comparing apples to oranges. So that's completely anecdotal on my part. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I doubt he would be referring to a training like that. Right, but he's but at the same time, if I went in with that attitude, like if I if I if Jordan Peterson said that to me, like refuse to do it, blah, you know, and I believe me, I went into that seminar, you know, with my hands across my chest, going like this is going to be terrible. Um, but if I went in and, and if I went up to like my manager and said like I'm not going, this is this is ridiculous, like that would have ended up reflecting really poorly on me. Because, well, one, I would have had a lot of egg in my face when it turned out to be not bad, but just not saying that I would think that, because that, I hear a lot of people going through diversity training and it's not good, but they go through. So, yeah, and I don't think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, um, for sure. And, but I do think that maybe companies or definitely certain people feel pressure to, yes. Um, What's what's the word? Conform. Yeah, conform to this kind of. Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't figure out a way to fight back or anything. My suggestion to what Jordan Peterson was saying there was, uh, I mean, people know their companies, and they probably will have a good idea if they know something's coming down the road and they know it's going to be bad. Like uh, I'll defer that to the individual employee to figure that out, but. I would just say you might be surprised every once in a while. So just take a step sure. back and maybe listen and to it first. And I, I, you know, it's, it's, a I tough will say too, I mean, he's the free speech guy and I'm all for listening to anyone's opinion, no matter how bad it is listening to something. Right. Make sure you equip yourself or try to find out what you believe is correct or what is correct and be able to defend your, your position. Yeah. Without being angry. Yeah. So I would say maybe what I would do is listen to what they have to say. And if you disagree with it, tell them you disagree. Right. Instead of, because that's what you don't want to, I mean, we're, we're all told that, oh, you're, well, conservatives are told and libertarians that we're all, we're so closed minded and everything. Well, that doesn't help the case very much. Right. Even, even if nine times out of 10, it is going to be something ridiculous. Right. But the point is, you know, for those one-off cases, you know, you, you could end up looking like an idiot and not good if you jumped the gun. So. Moving on. Yep. Do you want me to combine these next two? Yes, because he didn't. I'm disappointed. I don't think he explicitly talked about number six or at least the one word that he did. I had a problem. He did. Oh, he I, did. I, I listened for it. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll just combine them anyway. Yeah. So number five, people should be paid so that they are able and willing to perform socially useful and desirable duties. Six, citizens have, inali- have the inalienable right to benefit from the result of their own honest labor. 
um, he did mention that word. He didn't harp on it. And that's why another, obviously the word we're talking about is citizens, which I think that's what you're referring to. Okay. So he said that, but then he didn't say, he didn't distinguish like, you know, these people live in this country and they deserve it. And the people who don't, don't deserve it. He didn't make that distinction at all, which makes me think that when he says that he means people living in society. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong, but he didn't make a, he didn't like stress the word citizen. He just talked about people make things. They should be able to keep it. Right. Well, it, it doesn't make sense. Like based on everything else he was saying for him to say citizen and to mean like, Oh, well only you only have that right. If you, you know, have the status of citizen, had the paperwork in and passed the test and stayed here for six years and right. whatever. Like, and, and he didn't, he did say the word because, um, and I just re-listened to this because I wanted to, uh, catch it because I didn't hear it the first time. And then that was it. He just said it and then talked about people being able to keep what they earn. Yeah. So I think that's just him not being a libertarian. Right. And not, and, uh, and not, not knowing the word might be a problem. For yeah. some people like us. <laughs> could you could you say that it triggered us? It triggered us. <laughs> so we went to our safe space and then came out and we were okay. Yeah. Well, this podcast is basically our safe space. It really is. It's a, uh, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just a safe space. You know where my other safe space is? Uh, I don't know. On my tractor. Oh, I was hoping... It's hoping to be a tractor and that's something we didn't want to hear about. Uh, I'm not even going to touch that. But otherwise, for points five and six, I completely agreed with him. Um, yeah, same. You know, he, he talked about how there's some really rich people out there and like the Elon Musks, the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates, and, you know, they put their wealth to, and I know, you know. Yeah, I know. Do we don't need people, actually... But they've Although created. We do, we do welcome those comments, so yeah. You know, send them our way. <laughs> I mean, we welcome any comments. But no, they they do create with their wealth, even though it's tainted with the state in some ways. Um, there are people out there, and maybe those aren't the best examples because of the crony capitalism that exists. But there are people out there throughout history and today who produce a lot of good with. And we couldn't do our podcast without them, right? So they do, or a lot. someone else who did it. Whoever did it, they were the ones who happened to do it. So they. They earn that money. Right. And you don't even have to talk about the mega rich people. You talk about someone owning a business and someone who maybe has some moderate amount of wealth and he's able to employ be- five people and, right. you know, provide services for people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's, yeah, that's, 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 I mean, he didn't even touch, I don't think he even said like, yeah, I mean, we do need to pay a portion to the government. Like, I don't even think he said that. Right. He just said people should earn. Well, that's probably it. Might be implicit in in his stance, but he didn't. He still didn't say it. I mean, he also didn't say taxation is theft, right? But he didn't even make a point. Like, yeah, I mean, we can't be too greedy. The government needs some of our. He didn't like throw one of those disclaimers out. He just said people should keep what they earn, right? Um, But even a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Chris. I'm not being too, yeah, I'm not being, I, I also don't, I know he's not an anarchist. He explicitly right. said he's not an anarchist, so yeah. he's not against government. Right. So it's implicit in what he's saying, but he still didn't feel a need to harp on that. Yeah, I guess he's talking more about 
taxes that are meant to be punitive. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. It was good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't, I'm not, I don't want to criticize him because he didn't say taxation is theft. Exactly. Um, baby steps here. Right. Right. We get the, we get them listening to Peterson. Then we'll get our, we'll get our, uh, our crummy ideas on them and they'll be, yeah. And then we'll send them to the Friends Against Government podcast and just completely ruin them. Trash them. Their mind will go to mush. Yep. All right. Um, anything else to add to that one? Nope. All right. Number seven. It is more noble to teach young people about responsibilities than about rights. So this is where I get frustrated with them. Yeah. Um, because rights are extremely important. They and, are. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And I, I agree with him about talking about responsibility. I think it's understated in a lot of society today. Um, people have – there's not much accountability at all left. And it's frustrating to see because that's why the government starts trying to do so much. Do whatever it wants. Right. It's um, because people just don't want to be accountable. It's like uh, people that go on disability, government disability and – I've heard, you know, plenty of, you know, very strongly conservative people say, well, that's, that's what it's there for. If you hit hard times, you know, they don't feel shame about that. It's cool. There's disability insurance and. And I know where you can get some. Yeah. So maybe, you know, what's, <laughs> there's things that are there that, that if you took care of yourself, if you took responsibility for yourself, then you wouldn't have to, to go on the dole like that. Yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of beside the point. Of the issue that I had with rights because he, he was talking about these and, and maybe that's, I don't know. This is why it's confusing. Yeah. Because he jumps between what he's talking about a lot. Yeah. Because he was yeah. referring to like these extra rights that the left are trying to bring. Well, of course, I mean, those aren't rights though. Well, this is what I think he's doing. Um, again, he's not a political philosopher, so he's not thinking in those terms of right. how important rights are. He's thinking of individuals, and he's sat in his office for you know thirty plus years talking to people with all kinds of imaginable problems. And how many times do you think he's had someone come in his office and having problems with his wife or something, or her husband, and says, "Well, it's my right to do that," and he says. Yeah, but you got to be a, you got to be responsible. Like you have a family, you got to put your responsibilities ahead of your rights. And so as a, him being a, a clinical psychologist, I think that's where he's coming from with the rights versus responsibilities on like an individual level. Like, yeah, you have a right to do that, but is it going to be beneficial to you? Whereas for a political philosophy, hell yeah, rights are important. Right. Like we don't want the government infringing on any of our rights and we'll let the market or, or the society that you live in decide what is acceptable behavior or responsible behavior or whatever. So I was thinking that as, as I was listening to it and I could be wrong. Um, well, no, that's, that's kind of how I interpreted what he's saying. That's probably what he meant, but that's kind of the danger. It's confusing. It's for the, sure. It's the da uh, danger. Maybe might, might not be the right word for it, but that's kind of the danger of using him as a political philosopher as well yeah. as because he's got these blind spots. And there's probably an example of one of, these, one of these blind spots where you have it in your head. I mean, we're talking about conservatives. Mm -hmm. And what, what is one thing that conservatives really, but really Second love? Amendment rights, right? You know? Well, no, no, not even that. But what, what's something that 
conservatives tend to really love, or a group of people that conservatives really love? I don't know. The police. <laughs> Certainly. So, you know, if someone hears that, like, don't, we can't worry about rights so much. Got to worry about responsibility. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, well, do what's follow the law. And right. And you won't go to jail. If you don't smoke pot, you don't go to jail. And so when they're presented with people who, when confronted with the police, talk about rights, it's going to be in the back of their heads. Well, no, look at these babies screaming about and, rights when they just should, should yeah. have not broken the law and been responsible. Yeah, right. True, true, true. So totally that's, agree. that's the problem. I don't like it, it. Not it's not the problem with what he necessarily said. It's how people are bound to take that, or at least a lot of yeah, no, I agree. Bound to take that. And for all so I know, if he was is. on this podcast, he might say, "No, I was talking about the government." <laughs> you know, right? But um, I, I kind of I'm, I'm trying to think from his point of view, being that he usually deals with individual people, and I could see. Even like a libertarian being like, well, you know, I can, you know, use whatever I want to use. And he's saying, yeah, sure, that's your right to do that, but it's destroying your family, you mm -hmm. know? Sure. So um, that's why I think that's what he's saying. But I completely agree that that message probably gets lost when you're talking to um, just about anybody. Right. Unless it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Speaking of coming on the podcast, I mean, we've had... And actually, you know, someone of his stature come on. Yeah. And speaking of that, too, he's very critical. Jordan Peterson is very critical of the postmodernists throughout this. And it's funny because, like, you know, my exposure to postmodernism is through Thaddeus Russell. Same. And even though there's a lot of stuff I disagree with Thaddeus Russell on. Um, I like even, a lot of it. Even I mean, right? No, the, no, I don't mean a lot. I mean, there's, there's, there are things. Well, I there's mis plenty I, I misspoke. With. There's, there's plenty that I disagree with him on, like fundamentals. Whereas it's kind of ironic that Jordan Peterson, a lot of like f fundamental ideas, maybe might I might be a little bit more in line with him. Maybe not fundamental ideas, but um, but the conclusions of Thaddeus Russell, I basically agree with everything. His conclusions, yes. So it's kind of interesting, like how that. That is funny. How that plays out. Um, right. So I don't know. I, it's postmodernism. I've, I think it means something that ever. Well, kind of like what? libertarianism. How I'll, it means. I'll quote, I'll some loosely quote Thaddeus Russell and say there is no right interpretation of anything. There's a million interpretations of it. So, you know, Thaddeus Russell can argue his interpretation, but even by his language, the, the other people are correct in their interpretation as well. So, yeah. Is Jordan Peterson wrong for criticizing what most people, which I even think Thaddeus Russell would agree is the common interpretation of postmodernism, which is, I don't know, be all these loonies. Um, I like Rus Russell's interpretation of it, and mm -hmm. that's what I go to. Right. And that's when I talk to people who think they like postmodernism and can kind of quote Thaddeus Russell. I think it's kind of funny to uh, to see the reaction. Um, but even Thaddeus Russell says there's multiple interpretations of anything. Yep. Yeah. And that was um, kind of... We don't the have... odds that any of these people read postmodernism is uh, low. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to go. Yeah, we don't Because I was kind of a throwaway line on my part to bring up Thaddeus Russell. Yeah. Uh, well, did, uh, did you? This is going to take us off the rails a little bit, but we we won't. Did you listen to um, the School Sucks podcast recently with Thaddeus Russell? 
No. I just talk on integrity. Maybe we should have an episode on that. Okay. Um, just throwing that out there. All right. What number are we on? Seven? No, eight. Or did you add anything to add to seven? No. Uh, Responsibilities and rights. Yep. And also, yeah. No, no, no. no go ahead. All right. Good number eight. Right. Yep. It is better to do what everyone has always done, unless you have some extraordinary valid reason to do otherwise. Did he? It's yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But it's funny. uh, This I was tweeting about this these twelve points uh, on Twitter the other day, and someone said, "Wow, that's that's a terrible idea." Another libertarian. I was like, "Well, actually, I kind of I agree with that one. I don't have a problem with that." And that's where I kind of stopped you earlier when you brought up Michael Humer. And I wrote my notes were what says this is Michael Humer's point as well, right? And that is to put it another way, because that's that's kind of a, an aggressive way to phrase it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think extraordinary, extraordinarily is um, a word that it, it's how forceful that word's supposed to be is is often exaggerated. I think so. Um, not saying that Peterson was doing that. So what, all he's saying is that. If you want to come around, if, if people have been doing something forever. It's probably and, and good. It, and it's basically working. Yeah. It's, it's the, um, the, uh, the burden of proof is on you to disprove them. Yeah. So we're anarchists. We say that the state shouldn't exist. The state's been around forever. So yeah, the burden of proof is on us to show that it's wrong. And I think we've got one, I think we have very good reasons that very easily show it to be wrong. But yeah, the burden of proof is is on us. Yeah, doesn't, absolutely. It doesn't mean that it that, that doesn't make it unfair, right? I mean, it's perfectly acceptable for some your run of the mill status to be like when we say, "No, nah, I don't want to stay." For them to question that and right. not be like, "Oh, yeah, interesting point." Like, well, how cha- how chaotic would the world be if people didn't use that um, that principle? Like, you can't learn from the past. You just have to go on and do what you want, or something, or just that you just change. We just change whatever we do on a whim. Yeah. That there's no structure to anything. It would, it would be hard. Yeah. There has to be some ex, like, uh, expectation. You have to kind of know what's coming. Right. Like if tomorrow we change the, like from a normal conversation, now people just punch each other in the face. Like that would be chaos. Mm hmm. So. Yeah. So, yep. Good one. Uh, number nine. Yes. Radical change should be viewed with suspicion, particularly in a time of radical change. This kind of goes in with number eight. Yeah, did he really explicitly talk about that? Uh, Might have been another one. Uh, he did out. mention. He mentioned um, maybe it was wrapped into number eight. But whenever people are, you know, it, it's it's norm. It's it's okay to be suspicious of radical change. Okay. Oh yeah, basically. yeah. I remember. I can't remember that now. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that's the same like thing. If someone, we, we could have wrapped yeah, that up with nine. Yeah, right? we'll just wrap that in. It's basically the same thing. Like if, if things are going one way for a long time and now someone's suggesting something radically different, it's good to question it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm, I, I mean, that's why we do this podcast. I mean, it's good to, <laughs> it's good to question everything. Yeah. And we're talking about radical ideas here. I mean, that's, um, I think that's a sign of maturity is to be able to question something and be open and intellectually honest about the answers you come up with. 
Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think that when you question something that you're already decided that it's wrong and you shouldn't do that. No. And you should be able, you should question, you should question everything. You should, yeah, you should make a hypothesis and then try to break it. Right. So, all right. Number 10. The government, local and distal, should leave people to their own devices as much as possible. So, do you know what my... I'm going to read my notes for this because I took yeah, copious notes because I wanted to get my point across correctly here. Let's hear it. I wrote, fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what's possible is they should go away and never do anything. So Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to number 11. Moving on. Number 11. Intact, heterosexual, two-parent families constitute the necessary bedrock for a stable polity. I mean, I think having two parents is important. I think uh, the heterosexual arrangement tends to be pretty good, too. Um, that said, I mean, I don't... I'm not trying to force anyone to do anything. Right. So. Uh, I kind of say the same. I mean, I, I agree. I think statistics will probably prove that, mm -hmm. that having a stable two-parent home is better for people or generally, I mean, how do you define better? I don't really right. know. Um, generally, I think that's correct. It doesn't mean there's not outliers. It doesn't mean there that it can't be done any other way. Right. Or that um, you should force people to do it. Or you should force people to do it. Uh, that's kind of, kind of where, what I think. So what the point I wanted to bring up here was going back to that article that we mentioned earlier was that the one thing that was going around libertarian circles was that, and there's not much context around it with what he was saying, because it's not, a, it's not all direct quotes, but he mentioned enforced monogamy in that article. Oh yeah. I, I meant to, Yeah. And he did, when he was talking about this point, he did say, you know, the heterosexual two-parent family, I mean, that's the best arrangement, that's good. He goes, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be tolerant of other f familial arrangements. So there, at least 11 months ago or so, he was, it didn't seem like he was saying that there should be, you know, force involved with your, with your arrangements. But I don't know what you would mean by enforced I, I don't know I didn't state. have I don't have the context of that quote so I don't know um, through the state uh, yeah you know what my answer is right but I, I just don't it's it's kind of an odd and he might have just been talking I mean I don't know there's been like several times in this podcast episode where I've been like eh, maybe that's not the best word to say he's probably right. a little bit better of a speaker than I am to not say that yeah <laughs> they say something yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. It's weird. It, it's, it's, who knows? I, I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know how to put that, how to take that in anything but a bad way. But yeah. it would be a major contradiction and pretty radical. I mean, with the, with the shoot, with the one recent shooting where they found out that the, the shooter was in, uh, involuntarily celibate and people from the left started talking about, well, maybe we need, the you know the state to force relationships or, or redistribute <laughs> sex or something like it's it's absolutely insane so it would be 
not uh, exactly just as insane as redistributing your other property. Right. Which they do that. Yeah. I have no problem with that. But it's it's it it just would it would blow my mind to think that Peterson would agree with anything related to that. Yeah. And not saying that he's that enforce enforced monogamy does not mean like, hey, uh these guys who aren't uh good with the girls, you girls have to, you know, go be with them. I don't think he's saying that. I, I think certainly don't think he was right. saying that. I think enforce I'm just trying to be clear because I didn't make it clear. Yeah. Um I guess enforce I mean, maybe he was, but I don't I can't imagine I don't think so. say something like that. I would think enforced monogamy would just be that as a society we kind of I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even know what that means. It's a question and it would you know, hopefully he clears that up because maybe yes, I don't know. A lot of libertarians took uh took a lot of umbrage with those yeah. two words. And it's unfor- it would be unfortunate if he just misspoke. Which is a possibility. Should right. we move on to the last one? Sure. Number 12. We should judge our political system in comparison to other actual political systems and not to hypothetical utopias. I think that the first part of that is fine. And the second part is one of another one of those. Well, because I would say define utopia. Right. He did say. He was talking about these left-wing utopias, and he did say, he was. and then he, he did about then, forcing things on people, right? But then he did mention or radical right utopias are bad, but I don't know what radical right utopia. He's probably referring to fascism. And, and what kept sticking in my mind there was, see, this is why I should have taken notes and I didn't, because I was going to say, I guess I don't have a problem with them because he talked about forcing it on people. Yes, that was he did explicitly come back with that and say, you know, enforcing your views. But most people call libertarianism, especially anarchy, they refer to it as a utopian idea. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he would consider anarchism the way we talk about it as a utopian idea, especially based on that last episode we kind yeah. of talking about. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, I, I don't want to let, like, I was thinking that, like, I don't want to let him off the hook, but if I really take his words, he said he doesn't want to force it on anyone. Well, that's what our, if you want to call it a utopian idea, right. Is not forcing it. Whereas, uh, a piece of paper, a constitution that lays your rights out and is somehow going to protect them and keep politicians with ultimate power in check is very utopian to me. Yes. And doesn't work. Yeah. Where we don't want to force anything on anyone. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's fair to take what he said previously in, in the, what was it, the, uh, what's his name interview? Um, the one we covered, the episode that we covered. Was that when he was, um, who was he talking to? Ah, uh, the, the classical liberal guy. Man, I forget his name already. Or not already. It's not I important, forget, I forget his but name I think him. it's fair that when we're talking about what he's referring to as a utopia, that he would be referring to anarchy based on things he said in the past that he yeah. was that he spent a decent amount of time talking about. Right. Um. So I think it's, I do think it's fine to, to judge things based on, ideal, not even ideal situations because anarchy is not like a. We're not claiming it's going to be utopia. We're claiming that there's not going to be any sorts of problems, but at least against something that we don't have or haven't had, although there's been 
instances of, of anarchy to some degree um, throughout history. So you actually can, uh, you know, judge it in comparison to yeah to it. But I mean, that's no one, no one ever likes those answers. But I don't think it's a problem to say like, here's the the ideologically ideologically pure thing that we want, and um, we judge it based on that because you're not there. right. Because I don't think Peterson would say that whatever uh, political arrangement he wants will be perfect obviously because he's talking about utopias so there's always something to get better at right and and i don't i mean maybe a lot of people would just flip the switch and end the state which you know maybe uh but what do you i mean if we did that and just got rid of the the government another one would just replace it right um so there's a lot of work to do yeah and i don't want that what we just said to all get lost with um, lost his first point to get lost in that because I think it is still good to compare actual yeah, political systems because living in the United States is much better than living in a lot of other places, right? Like the Soviet Union, you know, the United States has its problems and there are some really evil people, major ones that are in control of things, but it is incomparable to living in the Soviet Union or you know other places currently and throughout history. So right, and it's like it's like. You know, say every morning you wake up and get kicked in the nuts and it really hurts. And then, um, you know, somehow changes happen and now you get kicked in the shin. And you're telling people, well, you know, I used to get kicked in the nuts, which is, yeah, really bad. Uh, but getting kicked in the shin is better and I would prefer that. Right. But it doesn't mean it's ideal. doesn't mm -hmm. mean I shouldn't work to get to stop being kicked in the shin every morning. Well, if you could say that the United – if you could figure out that let's say that the United States is the best country in the world. Then what do you have? Like, what does that mean? There's nothing else to get better. Now, no way to get better. Right. Now, clearly, Peterson wouldn't say that. But again, that's where he's out of his element. Right. That he's not thinking it through this way. Um, right. And, you know, better for who? Certainly not better for Iraqis. Right. I mean, it's pretty good for us. We got lots of stuff. Yep. Our lives are very easy compared with like 99.9% .9 of the people who have ever been on this planet. Yeah. It's probably more than that. Yeah. Um, but if I lived in Iraq, I might not think the United States is so great. Exactly. So, you know, overall, you know, I, I think Peterson's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. And, um, um, for when he's in his wheelhouse, he's excellent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's like, I'm not, Saying he's the greatest guy in the world. Right. I'm not saying, and we clearly have our disagreements, but, but I, I think generally he's good. Mm -hmm. So here's my thing, because people might get upset that, like, um, oh, why are you going after him? You should be going after the, you know, the crazies, like the leftists and the, you know, everyone else who are really trying to institute bad policies. He's, if we had it his way, it would be better. I'm sure it would be, mm -hmm. like without a doubt. But the problem is we did kind of have it his way at some point and we have what we have now so i don't th the problem is he's just rolling it back i think he's just kind of rolling it wants to roll it back to something um but that doesn't take us i don't, I don't know that that takes us off the same path yes yeah. it's, it's it's tough to say i know what you're saying i know yeah 
I mean, you're you're and like the the certain points that you you made in this uh, episode about talking about responsibility over your individual rights and saying that that message getting confused. I think it's important to point out point that out. Right. So that's and, why we uh, do these. Th- yeah. Th- th- we at least I think it's important to cover this kind of stuff. Is that, definitely. And this is why I. I mean, I went through. I don't know, maybe about a year or so where basically everything I wrote was critical of other libertarians because I think that while, yeah, they're, they're probably right on 99% of things that like little stuff, I think it's important to keep the message and the ideas behind what we're arguing for That's correct, right. that we're against coercion, that we, that even if we think that we can manage the state, we can't because that's the fundamental problem with the state that and is unmanageable, <laughs> right? Right. That, that we shouldn't fall prey to thinking that you know, we can control, it's like the, it's like the Lord of the Rings. It's like everyone thinks that, oh, I can, I can bear the burden of carrying the ring or running the government. No, no, you can't. Correct. Um, so that's why I think it's good to reinforce these ideas. Um, even if yeah. someone's pretty good, you know, you have to acknowledge the difference because Peterson and, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't put himself in our, uh, in our camp anyway. No. But people see, and that's that's what, I mean, and I'm not saying that Jordan Peterson, I think Jordan Peterson is pretty well um, entrenched. Again, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. That might not be the best word. But I think he's secure, also, uh, he's secure in what his beliefs are. Yeah, I don't definitely. think that throughout this that he's going to make radical changes in what he believes because the left is pressuring him. I think he knows what he believes and that's what he's that's what he's doing. Yeah, um, I, I think unlike, he's learning it through this. Whole oh, thing, yeah. I, I don't sure. mean I don't mean to say that he's not going to change, have some changes in his views because you should. I mean, if you never change your views, I think and that's he's a very guy. suspicious. He's not, right. He's not like a. But I'm saying it's not going to be like a fundamental thing. Like we saw before a couple of years ago with the rise of libertarians who just became anti-leftists and then became authoritarians themselves. Right. I'm saying that. I don't think that's going to happen with Peterson. No. Right. But I think someone like him could be a catalyst for other people to do that. Like we're saying, like I said earlier with the, with the police. So, um, and that's clearly not his goal. It's just a warning to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's saying, he says good stuff, but he says good stuff when it, when it's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. When when it's like personal advice. Right. When he's outside of that, you know, be careful what you're taking is like some sort of gospel. Yeah. And I, and just another thing to add on Jordan Peterson, I think it's unfortunate he gets linked with the alt-right. Oh, he's um, not alt-right at all. No, I think he'd be they strongly would. against the alt-right. And he may have explicitly said that before. Um, but I do think they are attracted to him because of the messages he gives about being responsible. Right. You know, and just pushing back against are, the left. Look, yes. And, and, People are. I mean, young men, certainly. I think Jordan Peterson is right on. They're looking for something to to live for, to tell them it's okay to be a guy. It's okay to be a man. I think um, there's a lot of mixed signals out there in the world, and, and he gives them, you know, it's okay to stand up and, and say what you think and take responsibility for your actions and your life. And I think those are good messages. Yeah. So come at me, bird. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, again, I don't want to. I don't want it to people to think that I'm saying that he's that he's a bad influence. I'm just saying that it's there's potential for people to yes. misunderstand 
which misinterpret I totally agree. what he's saying. And, and we could... purposely, by the way, didn't talk about what we were going. We we knew what um, video we were going to be talking about, but we didn't have really any discussion before this because I wasn't sure where you were going to go with it, and uh, I thought we did all right. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Do you have a free uh, market just, story? Yeah, we just pass an hour. So, uh, yeah, we yeah. let's move along. So, um, we've been kind of giving some shout outs to some podcasts that uh that are in our uh, like little Twitter group of anarchists. Friends Against Government, Peaceful Treason, uh, Man Beyond the Free Man Beyond the Wall, Jeremiah's Jeremiah, the million his, things. He yeah, does. His fifteen. Which, by the way, happy birthday, Jeremiah. Yeah, he he turned. We got to get him back on now yeah. that you got your article out. I know. He turned an age that is way too young for the amount his, of stuff he does. Yes, and for the amount that he knows. Yeah. So, um, man's a freak. Yeah, putting me to shame. But, uh, check out, he, he asked as a birthday present to go check out his Patreon page and, you know, you can give as little as a dollar per month. So I recommend going and doing that. We'll be linked to him and all the other podcasts. That we just talked about on the show notes page, but we didn't give our free market success story yet. Oh, let's get on. That was kind of like the intro of it. But how neat is it that you can create a podcast for free? Now I bought some equipment to, uh, you know, to make it better, but really if, you know, everyone already has a computer, I mean, you can do it just with the phone. Mm -hmm. People already have these, these tools available to them. We all have internet connections. And so you can make a podcast and deliver it out to the rest of the world and they can all get that, get the podcast for free too with equipment and services that they already have. That's amazing. That people got very wealthy off of. Right. Oh yeah. And you can make a lot of money off it too. I mean, before back in the day and not even that long ago, if you wanted like a program like this, that you would have to go to like public access. And go through that. You have your like little public access show yep. on TV. So it's poor just quality it, and nobody watched. Right. Um, Although a great movie came out about it, UHF, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, Weird Al. That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. It's a great flick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. But it's just it's just another it's a neat thing that we just take for granted. I mean, we we do this come and do this every Monday. We don't think about you know all the technology that had to happen, all of the advancements and the breakthroughs that that went on to make this happen. And even a couple of years ago, it would have been possible, but a lot more difficult. I mean, it's so easy nowadays. So, thank you to the invisible hand. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, hey, we got a lot of good, um, you know, part of the market is we get to meet a lot of great people yeah. and uh, be on other shows and they come on our shows and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I wanted to bring up when you brought up that uh, non-aggression principle piece, I finally, when we had Jeremiah on our podcast, many, many, many episodes What episode ago, was it? Uh, like maybe 30 something. Yeah. Oh, 30 something. So I think it was over was 50 something. I thought uh, maybe 50. Oh, you know what? I don't know. It was about a year ago, though, I think. Yeah, it was a while. And I brought up that I didn't think the non aggression principle was axiomatic. And Jeremiah disagreed and we talked about it for a little bit. And then I said, well, you know what? 
It's on. We're debating. Let's not cover it here, but let's do a written debate, and I'll start it. And it only took me till now <laughs> to finally. Yeah. So Jeremiah, you're on the clock. If you don't have it within like two days, come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. I was gonna say he Jeremiah take... is probably thinking like, wait, what are you talking about? What yeah. debate? What... <laughs> it took me forever to do it, but it's there. So uh go check that out on 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 mcflugel.com too it's uh i think it's kind of interesting it's kind of uh it's really inside baseball um it's good discussion and it's getting it's yeah it's it's if you're a nerdy libertarian then it should be right up your alley yeah and i'd love feedback on it because it's it's it could be not controversial that people would get upset over it but controversial in the sense that i don't think i think that a lot of people disagree so i'd love to get some feedback on that yeah, um, check it out. Yep. So also check out show notes page, mcflugel.com slash 92. We'll link to Jordan Peterson's uh, speech that he gave in there. And we'll have links to guys we talked about, Friends Against Government podcast, Free Man Beyond the Wall, Jeremiah stuff, Peaceful Treason, and uh, libertymugs.com. And sign up on our email list at mcflugel.com to get a discount off your first purchase of mugs at libertymugs.com. Also, you'll find ways to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. I think we're on basically all the, the podcast grabbers. Yeah. Um, that's another thing. I only did stuff for iTunes and Stitcher, and there's just other podcast services that just automatically find it and put it on theirs. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Didn't have to do anything for that. Didn't to have happen. to do anything. So it yeah, you, you got a bonus uh, free market success story there, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Twitter and Facebook, find us there. So with that, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Next week, we if, if all goes well, we'll have a guest talk about something pretty fun with a fun guest. Yeah, man. Yeah, a fun guy. Yep. All right. Peace. Later.